So I met Jay on a rooftop. We had ran in, run into each other a handful of times uh, working out during COVID, never really formally met. And then uh, on his birthday, I gave him a Crux cigar. And that's how we met. I was like, that's somebody's, nice. his wife said, um, it's, it's his birthday. And I said, hey, check this out. And this, is, this is our brand. We started talking and we kind of kicked it off that's that right. way. It was funny. It was when Allie came to visit. And oh, so really? She, oh, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so then your relationship started with doing kettlebells next to each other silently. Or <laughs> kind of awkwardly. Kind of awkwardly. You just know, knowing. Because it, it was during COVID, so the, the fitness stuff was close. So we were just on this like patio area, probably like 10 feet away, but super tight. Like we were doing lunges next to each other, yeah. not talking. Yeah. It would be like, hey, what's up? And yeah. like, what's up? All right. And they would do our workouts. And then it was like, that was it. So who are you? That's the question. This is the first time I've had a chance yeah. to meet you, although I've, I think I've seen you a couple times. Yeah, so that, that's a great question. Who am I? <laughs> so, uh, so I am Jay, right? So um, I am a, uh, right now, I am a fitness professional and uh, self-development uh self-development I, I don't want to say like I just I'm addicted to it I don't like to use the word addicted but I love self-development I love growth I've been very fortunate in my life where I've I've from the time I was 18 I went straight in the United States Marine Corps I started leading men uh, as a squad leader in boot camp to you know a uh corporal in the first Gulf War to then got out of the Marine Corps and became a police officer and became a detective and and did all that fun stuff and then became an entrepreneur left that and became an entrepreneur and, and now so I've learned that man I can just keep growing and growing and learning and uh, through being an entrepreneur working up the corporate ladder developing teams I really found that I enjoy self-development, learning growth, and then influencing inspiring teams and helping them be successful. And so that's kind of, that's me. Uh, I love outdoors. You know, Gabe and I talk about mountain biking and hiking and stuff Back like that. When I used is he a writer? But he is a writer. I, I wrote a book during COVID. I mean, that's a whole nother story. I, um, I wrote a book. Uh, line of departure outstanding starts here i have the final edits in my inbox it's completed just looking at the formatting getting ready to launch that thing uh and it's a self-development journey and so um that's a little bit about me and and honestly you know it's it's interesting because i've i've been through these ups and downs and these cycles of life and i think it's cool because now i can look back and share about you know lows highs learnings lows highs again learnings and then each time it seems like it keep I, my life keeps progressing and it's really cool where it's going now so with so. the peaks and valleys i'm i'm curious about this too because as everyone goes through that it seems like once you get go through more and more lows and highs as you're in the low you realize it's temporary you're not going to be there so just hunker in right hunker in make the changes you can make and just just stick at it you, I don't learn, know if you would you learn to realize that it's it's because for a while it feels like 
shit, maybe I'm not. Maybe Dogecoin won't come back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it won't, but you learn that. So when you're reflecting, it sounded like you go, your lows, your highs, reflection. That's do you right. take that in your journey? Do you, do you hammer it out like, like, um, Phil, like Phil Jackson never took timeouts, right? He just let him figure it out on the court and then coach. Do you do that same way? You don't call timeouts and you just take it until you get out of your rut and then reflect? Or what's your rhythm? Or Yeah, was, you know, I've, I think it's a combination because for me, it's about daily reflection. I mean, I've been on that rooftop hundreds of times and I meditate and reflect and, and I journal. It's daily. So I reflect daily. But when I'm in this situation... Um, I've gotten to the point where I realized, like you said, hey, this isn't the end of the world. So, all right, I've become solution-oriented. How can I fix this? You know, when COVID happened, it was like, you know, I, I was a, a regional vice president at a global fitness brand and, you know, 40 clubs in six states. And um, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's like, hey, we're closing all our gyms. And I don't know where you guys were when they told you, like, this is closed, all right? But I remember them saying that. I'm like, you know, what do we do? Well, what I immediately started doing was, you know, uh, obviously I had to call my people and let them know, but was like, okay, how do we reopen? What do we have to do to reopen? So I'm thinking ahead and thinking about how do, how do we fix this? How do we get to, to the finish line? And that's, that's what I, that's how I approached it. Um, and we did. We spent the whole time we were closed planning our reopening. Is that and so? Was that Gold's Gym or is that different? yes? Yeah, yes, Gold's Gym. And I think I met you right after everything went down with Gold's Gym. So my birthday. Well, we, okay. So here's some fire fuel. Some fire. That, that's uh, so. So when I met you, it was during COVID. So it was March, April, May time frame. But June, June second is my birthday. So that's mm -hmm. when we actually met. Mm -hmm. And then I actually had just gotten promoted. I was a vice president of fitness for Gold Gym International. And um, got, I got promoted. I call it the promotion that got me fired. Gabe and I met. And then August 25th is when new ownership took over and eliminated my role. So mm -hmm. I had a couple months there where I was still with Gold. Yeah. What a year. And what a year to, be, <laughs> to go from Marine. You go through all of this. You finally get to, well, I don't say finally, but you get to this area. Oh, go like this. Go right here. Right, go like that. It's old school. It is. Um, you get into it, and then short straw, you're in fitness and gyms during COVID. Short straw, they get rid of it. They walk away from the company or get bought out. Short straw, they get rid of you. And now you're stuck during a rough time. How do you rebound? And... And Gina Beth was also... That's right. My yeah, wife. So his wife also worked for Gold's. She was the global franchise development manager for Gold's Gym. And both of them we got, got fired the same day. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And that is, that is uh, eight months after we moved our entire life from Virginia back to Texas. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting time. What is your biggest takeaway from that moment? Well, it was uh, my, my... First of all... A business doesn't have a conscious. A P&L doesn't have a conscious. It, you can be the best guy, the best worker, the best producer, but when it comes to dollars and cents, there's no emotion there. It is 
They, and they saved like $8 million in payroll that day by doing that. So that's my first one. Is, and, and, so it was a and, great move. And so, just can you. Now they saved, they, they fired a lot of other people. It wasn't just me. You know? so, but, uh, but the bottom line is I learned that I learned, you know, it was reality. It's like, no matter how much of your life, your heart and your soul you give to a company, that company, the PL makes the decisions and, um, and, and it's not personal. The other thing is, is just like I said before, I started looking for, okay, this is gonna lead to the next great thing. How can I capitalize on this time and take this to the next great thing? So I grabbed a couple people out of the group. It was a gold gym 42, 42 of us got fired. Uh, I said, hey guys, I'm writing a book in 30 days. Who wants to join? You know, and I gave some mentoring for people going for other jobs and all that. And I still, I mean, I was the leader. I had to, I had to help them. But um, so I wrote a book in 30 days and I brought one other person ended up jumping in and then he got a job and bailed before his book was done. But um, so I wrote that book and, uh, you know, I took some classes. I learned a lot, learned more about the finance uh, side of the business and uh, kept plugging away. I was unemployed 43 days. And, then, and 30 uh, of those, you were writing a book. I wrote a book. So you were yeah. unemployed for 13 days. <laughs> <laughs> Self-employed. That's right. So, wow. How impressive. So what, what classes did you take? Like how, just online? Yeah. So there's a, a something, a friend of mine, Sal Pellegrino with Precore. If you're not familiar with Precore, look at your treadmills and your clubs and then your ellipticals. Like in the, the fitness center at, at, um, at uh, Amelia, mm -hmm. they had the pre-core line of treadmills and ellipticals. Um, they also have free weight lines and all that. He is like a key account manager. And he introduced me to a guy that is an investment banker out of New York. And he runs, a, 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 let's see, it's Health Active Lifestyle Outdoors uh, company. He calls it Halo. And they just have a podcast. And I started listening to the podcast and then uh, he had an academy. And so it was a five day, two hour a day academy. Went on there and learned from other fitness professionals. There were CEOs, there were investment bankers, um, and we did case studies. This guy went to Harvard. He had five different case studies from Harvard on like Planet Fitness, CrossFit, um, SoulCycle, uh, Cycle for Survival, and uh, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but we went through a different case study each time. It was really cool to, you know, get the perspective of, of these other people on these, these, uh, these businesses. And uh, so that was, that was a great learning experience. Um, the fitness industry really came together during that time. And it was cool because used to be like you're, oh, this is my secret, this is my secret. And during COVID, it was like, hey, this is what we're doing. Let's get together. And we were all like collaborating. So there were a lot of webinars where different fitness folks were, were sharing. My CEO from Gold's was sharing during that COVID time. So after that, that's, I just tried to grab every piece of education I could uh, digitally because uh, you know, I was just trying to learn during the time. And then uh, of course, Lewis Howes, I'm a big fan of Lewis Howes, and he's the one that brought up the write a book in 30 days, and and so that's that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, it was wow. cool. Yeah, real cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's really interesting what really 
life-changing, world-altering situations will do. Because in the fitness industry, it's so cutthroat. You know, you have, you have CrossFit who doesn't like functional fitness, who doesn't like, you know, fill in the blank. Any dickhead who puts up a gym down the street, well, they're the enemy, right? Because they're pulling from them. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to hear that in that time, people became far more connected and, and I suppose synergistic with each other. You know what? And it's stuck. You know, here we are almost, well, we're over a year later and we're still having those collaborative groups and you know hell i mean california just reopened washington so washington state crazy. washington state is still closed the gyms up there are still closed makes sense bro makes and, sense and so you know there so now it's like hey how do we engage congress and you know uh, as one group and so you've got digital guys you've got club operators you got ceos and you got all these people coming together to like go to Congress and say, and even suppliers, you know, uh, to say, hey, you know, gyms, fitness is is something that's going to help people, you know, deal with it. If they do get COVID, healthier people, it's proven, have a better chance of recovering. And, uh, and so, and then the exercise is medicine movement, right? Exercise creates, uh, you know, more of what you would consider exercise. Um, uh, disease fighting chemicals so mm. that it, it keeps you healthier right and so there's there's a ton of reasons for the gyms to be up so now we've all drawn together to go and try to you know the uh, logic that has been lost in this year <laughs> is unbelievable it's to watch that you know mass double mass you know the whole thing and now it's just kind of they're now now they're kind of just like ah, oh, it's fine no you know? good 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 it's all different now, <laughs> except for Washington. <laughs> Washington is their diamond hands. They're like, no, 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 no. It's still bad. It's still bad. You've got to appreciate that, I guess. And, and I don't know about y'all, but do you feel like you're being judged if you don't have a mask on? Like I did. So let me just, yesterday I went to buy a fish with my daughter and uh-huh. I went to, and usually I'll carry it in my pocket. If everyone has it on, then I'll put it on and just become part of the herd yeah Mm -hmm. because if they don't want it then good but yesterday i went in and i've had it i have my shot so i'm not going to do it but i went in and i saw everyone else had it but i'll tell you what it did is it made me nicer because everyone was there i'm going i'm not going to be the guy that everyone's going who is this and he's just you know give me the guppy you know i was like oh cool you want this so i was I will say I I was compensating for not having a mask on, but I was very conscious that I did not have a mask on. But I think it's it's our it's our time to just I don't know. How do you guys feel? You're yeah. you're from the fitness so, industry, yeah, so it's, man. I'll tell you that's that's been a struggle because you know you get both sides. People who think it's the mask saves you, and you get people who are like the mask is bullshit, and so they're all coming to the same place. And we have to balance that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously when the governor reopened Texas and did it make it mandatory, you know, it was simple for us. You know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. We did have our team members wear a mask for the next month or so uh, just because we knew there was going to be a transition period. And this is um, Texas Family Fitness, correct? Yeah, yes, yeah. So, um, so then it was, it was uh, now, or I should say, then it was like, hey, if you want to wear a mask, wear one. Matter of fact, if you're a team member and you want to wear one, wear one. Uh, if you're a personal trainer and you're working closely with somebody, 
if they if they prefer you wear one, wear one. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we're not going to mandate it. And uh, and then you know everyone has their own feelings about the mask. And uh, and so we're trying to balance. But I feel that. like it's like at the bar where you can't talk about religion or politics or. COVID mandates. <laughs> it's like the new one. Yeah, but you bring that up in the night shot. I'll tell you what, though. You That's guys have you have gotten hammered. And I was looking for your phone number or something on Google the other day. And I was like, why do you guys have... I've noticed there's the tick of reviews have gone down. And I pulled it up and looked at the recent. And those vocal people, it's like one star, one star, one star, one star. And it is... The most logic free. It was. I just got off of a, a machine and someone wasn't there cleaning it for me afterwards. You know, just this really difficult thing for me as a local business owner of this place is reviews are just about everything. They're worth its weight in gold. And you watch these people be honestly very unfair to a business where you have done a phenomenal job of keeping it open. Been very clear. If you want to wear one, wear one. Here are a million places you can take different Lysol wipes out of a dispenser and just, you know, it's good common courtesy to just wipe it up after you. But then to have those people, the trainers aren't wearing masks and they're not cleaning their machine after I'm done with it. And I'm thinking, you're a dickhead. Well, you know what? The, The gyms, our gyms, I think gyms in general have never been cleaner. Never. Yep. I mean, you see, you I go agree. in the gym, you see this. I mean, it's like, and and now people will look at you cross-eyed. If you if you if you don't wipe something down mm-hmm. now, it's like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? And so I I do. I'm even hyper vigilant about cleaning after I'm finished. But you know what the worst thing has been is so you freeze the accounts. You know, gym memberships are automatic, and and then you reactivate the accounts. And the customer service side has really been. That's been a struggle because people were freezing, people were canceling, people were not coming in, and, and then they're wondering why they paid this and why they paid that. That's been a struggle. Because they weren't ready to come back into the gym, yeah, but and, you and guys had to open business again. Yes. But and, so you had to resume their membership. Yeah, and then we would freeze it, and then it would come off a of freeze because we can only freeze for so long. So it's been a customer service really tough customer service issue our, our you know and, and i know the fitness industry as a whole is really trying to deal with that on a personalized level but that's made it a struggle for sure yeah um because you know people when it comes to taking their money people are funny right so. yeah and especially if it's only nine dollars a month right I mean, this is this is texas family fitness i don't know a way you could spend dollars better for fitness than texas family fitness it's nine dollars you can lose nine dollars a month and not even realize you lost it yes but if you see it come through on your statement you're going what is this night i didn't even do one curl last month it is you it's know, the weirdest thought thing about that and i'm not i'm not trying to plug texas family fitness i wanted to just visit but i will say when you look at the value for what you get you walk into that oh. club and I walked in the first time. I'm like, hold on, I get all this for nine dollars and ninety nine cents, ten bucks a month. Really? That's it's unbelievable. How how it's do they do that? It's a fifty dollar a month gym if you look at it realistically. And I'm like, my gosh. So, um, well, I think the CEO from Planet Fitness said it best, Victor Brick. He said, "We don't make money from nine dollars a member." 75% of our members are on black card paying $25. Mm. And so you think about the blend of memberships, uh, the folks, because the $9 is the base membership. Mm-hmm. But you, what you, the idea to, to drive that dues tap, which is the lifeline of your business, is you know, 
increase the amenities and people see the value in those amenities so they pay a little bit more. So mm -hmm. they may pay 25 or $29 a month. But it's $29 a month. And there it's you go. still so cheap. I, yeah. I paid that to get out of my parking garage today yeah. downtown. <laughs> exactly. And they have world-class i mean this is definitely turning into a texas family fitness thing but it's okay because they have today the, we have texas family fitness yeah. <laughs> yeah. i should have left my shirt on man. Like, yeah but the the quality of the of the of all the equipment i mean and the talent in there i mean everything it's all worth 29 dollars a on, month yeah. let's be real what's the talent that you're talking about the i mean there's some talent the training, the, Biz, from the can trainers? i get an amen from a distance <laughs> Amen. All right, cool. He works out. You're talking okay. about the training talent. Training the, talent. How good the trainers are. Good trainers. I don't even want to sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it is, it's cool to watch this come back because that is an industry that has probably been the most attacked. I'll say attacked, but has been the most affected to in this lockdown. And to watch people start coming back to me, going to the gym feels it feels freeing. Mm -hmm. to get in next to a bunch of people I don't know that we're in there doing the same thing. And there's, there's not a huge community where I see everyone and slap people's hands because I just go in there, get it done and get out. Sure. But to just see people are people again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something refreshing about getting in, moving and connecting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, the community, um, I think being around like-minded people, you get in there and you know everyone's in there doing kind of the same thing. And, you know, I knew I liked Gabe. I mean, we worked out on the roof. We said hi to each other. We really didn't. But I knew he was a fitness dude. And so, you know, when I started talking to him on the rooftop that one day, it was, it was easy because, uh, you know, you have that connection. And you, you go in there and you sweat, you work hard, and, you know, you put your time in. And, and you leave. So I think there is a community there, even if you're not, you don't know them by name. And that's okay because mm -hmm. I think if you look at the concept of you are who you surround yourself by, if you were up on the rooftop by yourself, it would be different than seeing somebody else who's taking their time, who doesn't have to be there, of going up there and working out. Same thing in the gym, is you see this guy that's repping out or this gal who's doing more squat more than you do. It's like, All right, I gotta step it up. I'm not just coming here and <laughs> yeah. doing a couple jumping jacks and going yeah. home. It's important. I, I can't keep up with him with the jump rope, though. This guy crushes the jump rope. I got so good at jump rope and then haven't picked it up since COVID. <laughs> Are you serious? I know. I, it's a bummer, but yeah. I'll, I'll get back to it as soon as we get locked down again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> soon, a strain will hit here pretty soon, and then I'll be, I'll be jump roping every day. You know, it's interesting because um, that's one thing I fell in love with during COVID was the kettlebells. And I still keep them in my garage. I bought one kettlebell and it got me through the entire coat. I mean, just with doing hit exercises and one thirty-five pound kettlebell. That's all you need. It's literally all you need. It's, it's and then so when you have a nine dollar gym, I mean, that's well, kettlebells now so are going much. for about a thousand a piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I literally bought the. Maybe I need to sell mine. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to go to three different stores when COVID hit to find any workout stuff. So I found one kettlebell at Academy here. I, there's nothing downtown. I don't leave the downtown to find any fitness stuff. And I got a kettlebell, ordered a jump rope online, and that was it. I now I can work out in a ten foot area by myself. It, it really is crazy. It like, is, and that, I think so many people learn from that and uh, a lot of fitness people had to adapt and go more online with the coaching online and all the like how much you can learn on youtube about it like 
And I was able oh, to yeah. eat stricter. Like I, I was tried the carnivore diet. I was trying any diet I wanted because it was literally stuck into my house. Yeah. You, you know, that's what I did. I mean, Eric Leha, the primal soldier, you know, I went on there soldier. and learned his, <laughs> learned his, his kettlebell flow, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's with, uh, on it, I believe. And, you know, he would have these different kettlebell flows and I would be like, okay, deadlift, row, clean, lunge, press. Okay. Got it. And then I would go out and I would do it and do AMRAPs and, and stuff like that. And, and it was, I mean, that's, that's what we did. But the thing is, what I was getting at is I'm still doing it. Uh, and I think the, the gyms who embrace the fact that, hey, Susie's doing Peloton twice a week. She started during COVID. She's going to do that. Okay. Don't tell her that's not good for her. She has to be in here taking your class. Tell her, okay, you know what? That's great. If you really care about Susie, keep doing your Peloton twice a week. What I'd like to see, I'd like to see you get some resistance training because you're trying to accomplish this. So why don't you do your Peloton twice a week? Come and see me twice a week to get those weights on and help build that lean muscle that's going to help you burn more calories and that's going to help with your strength and overall health. So we embrace what they're doing and then just sprinkle ours back in. I think that's the way to do it. And I think that's beautiful because the competition in the marketplace, not the competition of the gyms, but the competition from their home office changes your sales structure. It is not alienating those people who enjoy doing something and uh, be at the Peloton or whatever it is, but it makes you adapt and adjust your thing where a while ago, let's just back up a couple of years, what we saw with Dynamis, it's don't go to CrossFit because you're definitely getting hurt. Maybe that's still the pitch, but but with that, <laughs> now if we see that is you can do these do what you want to do and then also do some stuff that maybe you don't want to do and that could go with business right that could go with owning your own deals yeah do what you want to do do the podcast but then do some things that are that are going to challenge you in different ways that you can find that balance now and make your own life i think yeah for sure and and it's your you hit a point there it's we're not in a position to say don't do that peloton that's horrible you need to be in here doing this we need to embrace what they're doing and add ours in a little bit with it to enhance it, even if it's a yoga class. Hell, I've been doing yoga online too. So, I mean, you know, yoga oh, with Cassandra, I, I love that. She's great. So. Sounds hot. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's your name. Yeah, I've got a, a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a dog. Yoga at home is not a thing. It's <laughs> impossible. So, so if we get away from fitness for a little bit, what, yeah, for sure. what did you do in the Marines? So, okay, good question. I, uh, so I started out in the Marine Corps as a uh, 0341, a mortarman, uh, was in a mortar unit. And then uh, two years in, I tried out for what's called stay platoon, surveillance and target acquisition. And uh, that's the scout sniper platoon. And so I made it and uh, went over there and uh, they sent me to scout sniper school. And so I was able to go and fortunately lived through that and graduated. And, and, uh, and so then I became a, a scout sniper sniper team leader eventually platoon sergeant and chief scout and uh and that's what i did through the last six years so i'm assuming they don't send scout snipers to shoot um targets their entire career i would imagine you at least had some action in in your service yes and i don't i don't want to i don't want to divulge unless you're one to but if that's the case do you take some of those lessons into what you do? 
now currently, and I don't want to derail from that. But yeah, yeah. So uh, first of all, uh, my combat experience was prior to sniper school. So uh, that wasn't I wasn't a sniper during my combat experience. Um, so when but but I will say that I utilize the skills I learned in the Marine Corps on a daily basis. Matter of fact, today. I led a personal training academy, and one of the things I did, I did a memory game at the beginning, because I feel like uh, I feel like we do so good at talking to people, but we don't damn listen. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm the worst and, at names, <laughs> at listening. I yeah. space so, out. So, so beat them up, get them tired. One of the things was, you know what? We're going to start listening to people that sit down in front of us. We're personal trainers. We're professionals. And so I used that uh, 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 memory game uh, with names. And then uh, later on, after a break, I do a little exercise that we used to do called a Kim game. Keep in mind game. So in sniper school, one of the things, and even in uh, when I was in law enforcement and more training down the road, um, so you lay 12 objects out on a table, you get 60 seconds to look at it, and then cover it up, and then you have 60 seconds to write down everything you remember. And you know it's it's designed to help. You know your mind is a muscle, and you can actually improve your memory. Okay, and so I do this with the teams uh, really more than anything, not necessarily to improve their memory, but to get their mind back engaged after a break. And they love it. They like that. Everybody stand up. If you remembered five, stay standing. If you didn't, sit down. Okay, six. And then, you know, whoever remembers the most, you celebrate them. But I, I use that today. But as far as the lifestyle, plan, recon, secure, security, control, common sense. I use those every single day. Is and that is that an acronym? It seems like that's no, just something was, so, we call so it the deep. principles of patrolling. And so, have a good plan. Do your reconnaissance. Uh, have your security plan, recon security, control. Stay in control. Don't lose control. And use common sense. I mean, if you want to pick up a girl, you can do that. Apply those principles of patrolling to anything in life, and you can absolutely uh, be successful. And so, I use that every day for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Guard one and was that way. Do you, do you think about like everything like that? Like when you're making toast in the morning, you just like get, go through all five steps. Plan. My plan. wife. <laughs> well, we should have brought my wife on here because she'd be like, "Oh my gosh, he's so structured, and he wants this has to be this way." And this, so my wife gets me out of my box, mm -hmm. you know. And she's like, "No, let's not do that tonight. Let's go do this." And I'm like, "But this is where I go. <laughs> this is what I do. This is where I sit." And so she gets me out of that. But yeah, very, very structured, very much in the things I do. I have to consciously control my subconscious, if that makes sense. I have to tell myself, all right, hold on. This is sick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you put your left sock on your right sock, your right foot, right shoe, left shoe. I mean, that's the, it was gets that learned in, in the military. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's all you, you weren't yeah. like that before. No. No, no, that was that was all military. So so taking those learnings and the big thing is that I found is that I developed an ability to influence and inspire. And so um, what, what I mean is with the teams now I can I can take what I learned in the Marine Corps as a leader and I can duplicate that with business teams and create teams that want to be successful. And so like, 
For example, when I was with Gold's Gym, we went into COVID, we, we immediately started playing our reopening. We wrote a playbook. That playbook eventually became pretty much the standard in the industry. I mean, our CEO was going on doing podcasts and talking about how we were doing our reopening, and a lot of people use that as a standard. And so now fast forward, Texas Family Fitness. I take over the personal training, the fitness department, and it's still not come back. And so my communication is, hey, let me tell you something. Texas Family Fitness is going to be the standard in the industry. We are going to set the standard. As a matter of fact, they're going to write case studies about Texas Family Fitness and how we came back from COVID. Well, guess what? These guys bought in. You know, everyone else is 40 to 50% PT revenue, personal training revenue. We're over 60% now from oh, wow. pre-COVID. And our guys have bought in, and that was just two months ago. And so I think using the skills to influence and inspire and that Marine Corps mindset, we are going to do this, uh, has really helped me be a better leader. Are there ways that you communicate that to inspire that change and to inspire the... I would say the buy-in from team who maybe some people now, fortunately with personal training, it's kind of a kill. So you got to have people who are there, but are you able to take these hourly workers? How do you get them and inspire them to be day in, day out? I'm going to kill. Man, that is just a great question. I love that. So my thought is this, okay, we are human beings. And human beings love community. They love to be a part of something. And so w w the first thing is, I believe that we need to get them involved in what we are doing. Let them have a say. Even if we don't use what they say, we present them with, hey, here's where we are. This is what we need to do. What are your thoughts? You're on the front line. How do we fix this? Get their input. If you just let them be heard, even if you don't take, you know, even with your kids, let them give you an idea. And you may say, okay, thank you for that. We're not going to do that right now, but I appreciate your input. I value your input. This is how we're going to approach it. They're more bought in because you heard them out. The other thing is you have to start with why. I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. And if you tell them the big picture, hey, look, we have investors who need a return for their, their people, all right? That's what the business is, okay? So we have to make a certain amount of money to make money for those people who invested. So check it out. You have a role in this. We have certain line items we have to hit. Your part is this. This is how we're going to do it. This, this, and this. And then it makes sense because now they understand why we ask them to do certain things to generate revenue or clients. So you've got to make them feel like they're part of the team and then you have to explain why we're having to do what we're doing and how they fit into that. And once they re realize they're part of the team, we value them, they understand the why, I feel like that creates the buy-in. A shared and purpose. And then you get the action. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's a great way to put it, shared purpose. Yeah, and that's the, yeah. that's the Disney approach. And that's something we've adopted here with industrial is a shared purpose that everyone can understand, regurgitate, and, and do through their actions. Right. And that is, it's so interesting you say that because it's the same way with my kids. It's so like, cool. I, yeah. I've, okay, look, you get to decide between you're going to have, here's your options, one, two, three. What do you want to eat between, you know, <laughs> this? And my kids are young enough that, or at least Alessia, that it's eat. That's the battle. 
but but giving them that and they're like mm-hmm. oh okay i get to choose it's such a cool thing how that translates from a four-year-old to a 40-year-old right you know from yeah. dinner to you know physical training that's yes. that's a really yes. or personal training that's a really cool thing it's, well and it's i think it's just you know for me it's uh creating creating action regardless whether it's you know, getting a group of guys together to go do something, whether it's driving a business, personal training, getting a, getting a, a, a child to, to do what you want. I just do their homework, you know, whatever. I mean, I feel like that just that's a human nature. And what, what we find is there's a lot of leaders that don't get that and they use a fear-based or, you know, the, I'm going to beat this into them. And I'm not saying don't hold people accountable because I think there has to be accountability. Okay, but but that fear based leadership and you have to do this and you have to do that. And people don't buy into that and they resent it. And that's how you end up with turnover. Yep. So um, anyway, that's a couple of my thoughts. I love that question. No, it's it's very important. And you get that same type of mentality of the ass and seat mentality. You yeah. said it's a Disney thing. Did you take a Disney? Yeah. Train? So Disney. Are yeah. you familiar with We've it? We sent people to Disney. So we are we're creating something. We're emulating that and create that for our team for the Disney Institute for Leadership. So that way we can all be on the same on the same ballpark. We want to create an experience. So here. did they send you out on the park and you take the iPad and no, you, go and you look for things? We and- haven't done that. We've just enrolled and done it digitally. But okay. the fact that that's a thing is is really trip in my trigger though i've heard great things about it i never i never actually have gone but um i had partners uh, you know team members who who have gone and they were just they're like man this this is they know how to get stuff they do done. look I, yeah. I and i've said it before with last time we were at disney in november my four-year-old daughter's there with a dress on and a 16 year old who's there his whole job is to just clean up the park put trash in a bin and he was a hundred feet or more away from us standing in line. And he, I saw him see my daughter and he walked across the park. He got down on one knee and said, how are you doing princess? My wow. daughter, my daughter basically said, what the fuck are you doing? Wow. <laughs> and, and, but I saw that and you, and I saw that the 16 year old can somehow, I know what I was like at 16. I wouldn't doing that, but you can lead somebody to have that experience. And it, it forever changed how I, take that with with whatever we do and the people are that we work with my business partner gabe it's just like just trusting that people have a good heart and want to take things the same direction <laughs> it's a cool thing yeah we actually rewrote some job descriptions because of a disney story and this was an interesting case study so apparently the guys that handle the garbage the team members on Disney that handle the garbage in their job description, their job description said you are to basically uh, keep the garbage empty, right? You need to pick up all the garbage on the ground, keep the garbage cans so they're not overflowing and keep the place clean. And so what they found is from their surveys people were giving the garbage people bad reviews saying they were mean they were rude, they weren't nice, whatever. And so what they did is they started doing a study and they're like, they looked at the job description and just said, you're supposed to keep the job, cl- the, the place clean. Your job is to keep the trash empty. And so what they, what they found was through a study was they looked at the people attending as people keeping them from doing their job. 
and they didn't they, they resented them and so that they turned around they were subconsciously they were rude to them so they changed their job description and said you are to help deliver a first class uh, customer experience and and i can't remember by the providing exact words. the by, by providing world yeah, class yeah. experience and you know what their scores went through the roof. They started doing stuff like it's talking crazy. to them like Prince just and, by changing their job. And the concept is called is called task versus purpose. And what they saw was their task was first and their purpose wasn't. But once they changed that of it's okay to walk away from the task to be on purpose. It's okay if Dis if Mickey's ears aren't perfectly buffed, if a kid comes over and he's got, you know, Robin Hood stuff on it's okay to skip along with him and show him where, where, you know, where Tinkerbell is and to get that shared element together. is just so strong from a team and it's, it's so easy to turn into as a leader. It's really impactful stuff. I love the fact that you've studied that. And that's, that's an interesting way to put a task versus purpose makes perfect sense. And, uh, and, and yeah, what a cool study. So, so you've looked into this a lot. Yeah. And and I get nerdy about it because there's a reason in the same deal is if you go to Disney, trash cans are eight eight paces away from each other. Yeah. Because at nine paces, people will put it on the, <laughs> they'll throw on, on, the, the ground. They'll throw on the ground. That's incredible. Yeah. So if you go, it's eight paces to yeah. any trash can. I think we need to do that in some of our gyms, actually. It's, it's <laughs> oh, are they taking it and throwing yeah, stuff? Yeah, just drop it. But yeah, what a cool thing. They have so much money to be able to do all these studies. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's those engineers. There, there is something on um, every every granular task. I've just been case studied. Disney Plus has the Imagineers. Watch it. Okay. You you will not regret it. You got it. You got this. Oh, but if that lid's been open, it's probably out of fuel. Yeah, okay. it's probably out of fuel. That's Damn, right. you're strong, man. That was quite a spark. <laughs> just hit that Watch one. your eyebrows with that one. Yes, for sure. This this will be interesting. You got this on video. <laughs> Yeah, if you're just listening to this, first. you're going to want to go ahead and hop over to YouTube and watch this. Oh. No, it's different. What do you think? I don't know, Gabe, it's been interesting because with Go Local, our purpose has always been defined through other people's purpose, right? Mm. It's about bringing others' vision to life and others. Building purposes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, would you, would you say that? Would you agree with that? So what do you me, help me understand? Okay, your purpose is I want I want to hear this and digest it. I, I think our purpose is is creating an end result by providing the finest quality to business owners, small and large. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end, I think we find our purpose, and I, I actually want to kick it to you because well, I, I want to ask what do you what do you think we do? So okay, so my understanding based on our conversations over some drinks on the rooftop was that you are into a marketing, you, you run a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, it. Focus on yeah. local, like for instance, Texas Family Fitness is in the pocket of what we do. So we would help develop the automation of the systems of the marketing, get new people in, engage with your current customers, be it omni-channel so it could be text it could be it could have a system set up where through the app i haven't checked in and in two weeks hey we miss you come on in get a sweat in real quick 
And this type of marketing is where we come into play and just bringing those systems to life and bringing campaigns to life to bring new people in, but the people you have make them feel valued. Right. And that's high quality content that is really next level uh, strategies. And we're an affordable group. It's mm -hmm. we're lean. And Gabe and I have, we've lived lean for many, many years. Mm. And, and that's where I think most other businesses would have faltered in, in a partnership where we've seen a lot of highs, we've seen a lot of lows, and they seem to come about hours apart. But it's, <laughs> it's an interesting thing, you know? It's, it's, it's cool. I, I, I wanna know, like, what do you think is our purpose? What do you think is, has kept us so close for so long? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we're kind of guilty of doing too much work for other people to focus on ourselves and, and defining our shared purpose because we're always working on our clients. Like what, what should they be doing? But I, I mean, I think what's held us together the most is just, we all, everybody that we, everybody that weeds out of our company is somebody who doesn't put their best foot forward at all times. And it's not a quality driven and everything we do, if the whole team isn't excited to put it out, that's it's an i mean it's a no-go we've had people who weren't about that they said oh it's good enough we'll send it and we'll we'll be done with it but it, the quality is what's always kept us together i feel like that's somewhere within the shared purpose i couldn't agree more and honestly i think busy is the only person we've ever met that has been able to adapt where we've gone to a point where it's like busy puts it out and we're like it's not there yet and and like the work that he's putting out, he's always put out great photography. He's always put out the best he could, but to see a guy who can adapt and he's our content creator. So he's the part of the business that everyone sees. Yeah, he's the visual yeah. aspect. Yeah. Everything that somebody sees and the first impression from Go Local is, is from that. It's busy. Yeah. And to have a guy where you go, where he would put it out at the beginning and we're so used to doing our way. It's like, no, that's not going to make it. He goes, so how do you say you suck in Disney? <laughs> um, you're going to have to say it and then I fix it. Processing. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but honestly, it's huge kudos because you're, the quality of work that, that Busy is putting out is phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's great. And it, it makes it so exciting because we used to bring the sales in, figure out what we're going to do cook it, run through it, but, but to have to grow to that, we're, we're still very small and Gold's Gym and Texas Family, you have so many people that are inside of there, but. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you. I mean, somebody who's able to teach themselves and excited to learn, like you got into a rut and then you said, okay, I'm gonna take some courses. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna take advantage of this time. I'm gonna write a book. It, that's the kind of people that you need to, especially in like, we're a very boutique agency. There's mm -hmm. like five of us that are full-time. And then we have a lot of people that we work with, but the people that are full-time are people who are, you ask for a task, whether or not they really know how to do it, they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna watch the, watch the YouTube videos. They're gonna ask the team. They're gonna figure out whatever they can and then come back with a result. And the ability to just not say, ah, that's not really my specialty. Like in a corporation where there is, you said there's no emotion. Everybody that's bought into our agency is a little more, I mean, it's having that boutique feel, it doesn't have that corporation coldness. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, we all push it along, no matter what. Like if, if one person on a five person team fails, it's way different than one person in a corporation. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I respect the hell out of that because, you know, that quality piece, that attention to detail, that's something else from the Marine Corps that has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And and I I'm a firm believer that that attention to detail and and, you know, I, I said setting the standard in the industry. If and, and the other part of that is, you know what? Everybody is not meant to be on that kind of team. It's OK. It's not personal. If, you, if you're if you're like, oh, that's good enough. Um, no, if you're going to be on this team, this is the standard and this is what's expected. And this is what we're going to hold ourselves accountable for. And this is what we need you to hold yourself accountable to. And so really hats off to you guys for that, because that's not an easy culture to have. And, and you're like, you got busy who's busting his ass and he's putting together good he's stuff. He's producing our podcast yeah. and editing photos right now. Yeah. And, mean, you, and, and you <laughs> may say, hey, look, busy, this is good, this is good, but man, this, we need to improve. And he's like, roger that. He's bought in and he's going to make it better. And I think that kind of culture is incredible. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously owning it when it's not, you know, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you mentioned, Gabe, uh, with the development piece yeah, I remember where I was, and this is part of my book, but so, so I, I, I wasn't college educated. I went in the Marine Corps, got married at 19, had a kid, got out, had to get a job, went to the police work, went to the police field. You know, it was a natural fit. I spent all my time at work making money uh, so I could provide for my family and just never invested in my personal education. So when I get in the business world, and I reach a certain level based on just natural skill and leadership skill. And now I'm with the big dogs. These guys have MBAs, you know, they're, they're, they've been in the industry longer. I didn't get in the industry till I was 38 years old. Um, these guys are just now 38, been in the industry for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then, then I, I I see there's career pathing, but I'm like, man, look, who I'm, and they're better friends with the senior vice president. They went to his wedding, you know? So I'm like, what do I do? How do I compete with this? And so I met with a buddy of mine up here, and uh, he's now the COO of Box Union, Title Boxing. But um, he, he talked to me about a development strategy, putting together a personal development plan, put that together. And what I ended up doing through executing that thing is I basically figured out, hey, I'm spending 14, 15 hours a week in my car. So on your phone, guys, on your phone, you've got access to the smartest, most, in- most successful, wealthiest people in the world mm-hmm. for free. So I went to school and I listened and I learned. And what happened was, I was getting, you, you do the math on this, 15 hours a week in a car, extend that over a year, I'm getting an extra month of education on these guys every year. Extra 30 days on my leadership development, my education, my business uh, development. And so what I did was I found that, hey, I got promoted. Then I got to go selected to the executive leadership course, got to go to Harvard, and, and then I got promoted again. And then next thing you know, they're bringing me to headquarters. And, and so, and I'm promoting, I'm sharing this stuff with my team. So I promoted 13 assistant general managers. I promoted, you know, five general managers, you know, and, and I'm promoting my own people and growing. That self-learning, that took over, man. It was really cool. So The self-learning is so, it's so important. I went to school for seven years. I went for plastics <laughs> engineering in my MBA and got out of school and kind of just thought I was going to drum and, 
and <laughs> and bartend. And then I started learning how to make fl- band flyers. And then I started making videos and websites and everything was taught on YouTube from different courses. Self-learning. But, but yeah. you know what we don't get taught in school is how to learn. <laughs> That's right. Right? I mean, we learn everything else. We learn the sprint to the quiz. We learn the sprint to the test. Then we learn the to cramming forget. Cramming and the, what, what, what you need to do to get by. Yeah, just to make the grade. <laughs> but we don't learn how to learn. And that is a skill that I don't, I don't know how we would... Well, and I think it goes back to like, what are you truly passionate about? You're, you at the core is leadership and inspiration and the ability to, um, to just f- understand that that's what you were put on this planet for and then just figure it out. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll take the courses, you'll, everything you need to do, you'll figure it out how to do it. I love design and it was the first thing that I was truly passionate about. I could have gone out of school and got 70,000 a year immediately in some plastics engineering degree. And, but it just, I did an internship and I didn't love it. I didn't feel inspired by it. And I, I decided to just take a chance and, and then now we're here. Yeah, and here we kudos are. Kudos to you. You know, taking that chance. Takes balls. I, I've been a cop for 14 years. It's all I knew. And I'm like, man, there's, oh, a, let's there's, talk a, about, there's a ceiling here. So he was an undercover yeah, cop. Yeah, this yeah, is interesting. There's a ceiling here, and I want to do more. So I left. I left and moved to Texas and married a girl, and, and we started a, a spinning studio. I didn't know anything about business. And so taking that chance, I think that's a big piece. I don't know that, you know, I'm trying to find, like, similarities because, you know, and, and you took a chance. You took the ownership and one of the things I wanted to get at, because you were talking about kind of more or less your core values, you know, or whatever with Gabe. And, and you know, the first chapter in my book is, is simple. There's got to be a starting point. All right. And so think about it like this. The, um, I, was teaching a, I was teaching a leadership journey with my national fitness team at Gold's Gym. And I'm like, okay, so if you, th- if you study leadership, there's so many different things. There's, there's time management, there's speaking, there's you know, organization, whatever. There's all these different things, but everything is just kind of thrown out there. Mm-hmm. There's no, nothing builds on anything, right? So if you're teaching a leadership course or a self-development course, to me, the Marine in me wants, I gotta have a starting line, and then I build on that, and then I build on that. So what I did is I built a training platform and the first step is identifying and I like philosophy and and you know uh, one of the uh, philosophers you know and I quote him in my book he said you know until you understand your ruling principles I changed it to guiding principles the only then can you begin uh, philosophy so my thought is I've got to start this course finding out what are your guiding principles what are they as your company as you know, every company has, you know, oh, these are our core values and, and as a person. So mine are humility, integrity, accountability. And I can explain each one of those. And I'm tying this in because the learning piece and wanting to grow, it all gets back to, in my opinion, the humility to admit you don't know something. You're not the best at it, but you're willing to learn. And that humility. So that's, that was my first one, being humble, humble enough, not saying meek. Not saying, you know, mild. I'm saying humble enough to say I don't know everything. 
and there's a lot out there I can learn and I'm going to apply myself. So that's what I did. And, and, and it, the first chapter in the book is about finding your own personal guiding principles. And that so, is, it's so cool because what you've talked about, you've talked about the, the, the five concepts. These are things when I was working for an executive security firm, Guard One, they had something similar. And that's how you started the job is identifying, and they called it guiding principles. Gun against your head. What are the three things that you just say, pull the trigger? What are those three things? Those are your guiding principles that you will not go back on yourself. Family, balance, respect. Got like that's on in my shower, printed out and laminated <laughs> that I see every day. It's like, it's the I same thing. And, yes. and the same, you know, guard is gather intelligence, understand the mission, act, retreat, decompress. Like that's exactly what you're saying is such a perfect parallel line. And so much of what I take in, it's cool. so cool to hear you yeah. as a leader go through those things uh, too. I love these kind of conversations. And yeah, I would love to talk about that other stuff, but I wanted to hit on that. And man, you, you I, could, I could talk to this guy all night too. Yeah, so. I knew you guys were going to buy yeah. it. <laughs> I've had enough like semi-drunk conversations with him. I was like, you need to be Brandon. <laughs> no, it's cool. Hey, he's it's a biker. Yeah. I mean, we got to get that going. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, you got to learn how to ride yeah. your bike again. I got to get it fixed. Oh, well, he yeah. goes to like fuck. He goes like three a.m. every day. Don't so. say it like that. I only I go to three a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. I'm I, like still going to bed at that. Those my only time. Get him to go at seven thirty. I'm like, look, I'm going to leave at seven thirty. Be at the North Shore Trail at eight o'clock. And he's like, oh, man, that's awful just early. Go, no, just go a little <laughs> bit earlier and come ride with us. Because we're Saturdays. I got to be, be back here by 8. You speak Spanish, though, because it allows you to the WhatsApp. And then. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a good point. So, okay, so he was an undercover cop. And this is something you've told some funny stories about this. But he would literally go to parties dressed as a hippie and bust yeah. people for weed. Mm. You fucking narc. He's a fucking <laughs> narc. <laughs> that was when I was like, man... This, this, I was so pure, man. And, and, and I Hide literally don't, yeah, busy. Hide your bags. I didn't know that what I got paid to do. It was a different time. And, and, you know, it it's wasn't, wasn't legalized anyway. So last week we were at a convention. Um, half of it was cigars and half of it was Delta eight, which, you know, have you heard of it? Yeah. I read it on your Facebook page. Oh yeah. 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 So I, was I didn't know what it was before that, but yeah, but it literally is, it's legal marijuana uh -huh. and it's, there's something so weird about it saying legal in front of it that anybody will take it. It doesn't matter if they're the most <laughs> sober person in the world, including my dad, who's never drank a single drink in his, in, in my entire existence. He stopped drinking the most sober person you'll ever meet. He went ahead and ate a gummy. Yeah. My whole All family. All of us ate it and sat around a, ta a table and said about 12 words. The so, whole time. so go watch the ICC Vegas oh capades because that's in there. So, oh, so no. it's a different time. You sneak in with, you don't have this high end tight that, that you no, had before, no. right? No, I, you know, I, I did grow my hair out. I grew hair on my face. I had an earring and. You had an earring? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Feather? No, it was a hoop. <laughs> <laughs> it was this was like dude this is in the 90s and and uh yeah so i mean it was it puka was, uh i had a hemp rope i feel like you should still be wearing a puka in show bro <laughs> i feel like you pull it off i don't even know what that is I'm, i maybe i'm sure oh, it's like those little white shells that every white kid oh, had yeah, who yeah, listened yeah. to blink 182 like anybody in, in backstreet boys back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Bleach, blink 182 yeah that's, bleach tips and a hookah yeah. that's my stepdad yeah. so then you would have to <laughs> Well, I mean, so, so. <laughs> Shout out to Tim. 
So, so then you had a, to go in. Yeah. So I, it, it was pretty simple. Okay. And the way the way this task force worked, you know, uh, you the beat cops arrest somebody on the street. They get whatever. You know, they, you know the story. They, they roll them over. They introduce me to their guy. I buy from their guy. We end up, you know, arresting them and, and sometimes her. And, uh, and, and then, you know, the one you're talking about was, um, I don't know if you're all familiar with Ohio University. It's in Athens, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Burroughs. Uh, Burroughs is from Athens, Ohio. Yeah, the Bobcats. So Joe, Joe Burrow, from, who went to the Bengals. So they have a huge, like, Halloween party down there every year. And uh, so the local drug task force there in that county calls in <laughs> from all these outlying agencies to come down and help. And so basically our job was to walk the street, go up to people, and ask them if they had anything to sell. And so I was buying acid, I was buying weed, I was buying coke, I was, I was just buying everything at the time. And, and then, you know, just take my hat off and then they come in, they, they swoop them off the street and they go and I go ride it up real quick and then I go back out and buy from someone else. And are you that's, just, what, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, yeah. Are you paying with, tax, with taxpayer dollars? Like cash? Yeah, so actually what we do <laughs> is, every, believe this or not, they have buy money. And they basically, before they go, they copy all the money. So when they pick the guy up and he's got the money on his pocket, you can see and you can match it up. And oh, yeah. yeah, so the, the money is the serial numbers, right? So did you do all the drugs and then, and then pull yeah, the guy never, never had to do the drugs at the time. And, it's like and, the, uh, the South Park episode where he's looking for the, for, uh, he's pretending to be a prostitute and he sucks them off and then he arrests them. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, do it first, arrest them first. <laughs> He does the ass. Wait, wait, wait. You and the other dragon are going to jail, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a ton of stories. I mean that that was that was a good time and and uh you know there's there's uh it was it was fun. And you know, I was young. I loved that I had that need for speed. I still had that, you know, that young marine in me. I wanted that rush and, and that that was it, man. I mean there's nothing like you know, even if it's just, you know, buying a half ounce of cocaine from somebody that's a street person, you know, they're a street person. I'm not talking about some, you know, some guy that's a, a yuppie in you know, uptown or whatever. I'm talking about down in the, the ghetto. And, and it was, it was, it was interesting. So yeah, for sure. That sounds like the next podcast. <laughs> Story time with Jay Graves. Yeah, that was, that's, that's such a uh, foreign imagine just like imagine your job being put into that i mean you're you grew up with it so it's different for for me to imagine going into an area and trying to get somebody like that's just that's yeah like, the cops where i'm from just busted a house party full of you know 16 year olds drinking oh yeah keystone light yeah that happens too yeah for sure oh no well yeah. Thank you for being here. Oh, Thanks true. for joining us. Yeah. I mean, absolute blast. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. This won't yeah, be the last likewise. time for sure. Likewise, for sure. Yeah, we'll go ride soon. I gotta, Thank y'all. I gotta get up and I gotta leave. I'm leaving for Tulum in like 12 hours, so I gotta get going. <laughs> yeah. I, gotta start, I gotta start packing. <laughs> so if someone wants to learn about you, where do they go? So uh, my website, it's jfgraves.com. Spell out J, J-A-Y-F graves.com. Um, obviously I'm on Instagram, uh, G, JGX100. I'm on LinkedIn. 
uh, Jay Graves, and you know, I don't know if any of your listeners do Facebook or not, but that's they're all there enough. also. So yeah, so. But yeah, the book will be. Wait, what do you mean, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> when will your book be published? Yeah. So that so literally within the next couple of weeks. So it, I have the final version where it's going to be posted on Amazon. You can get you can download the print version, or uh, you can order an, an actual paperback version. My hope is to make it a workbook because at the end of each chapter, there's an outstanding exercise, so it's actionable. Mm. So you have actionable stuff. So what I would like to do is, you know, bring it to your business, your mid-level managers, and put them through this development. What helped me go from mid-level to executive level, this is what I utilize. Do a day or, you know, spend a day with them going through it and, uh, and put them through the exercises and then follow up. And I'm going to have an online course as well. Um, and, and of course I'd love to come and speak at anything, spend an hour talking about it. So oh, that would so, be great. Yeah. So hopefully this, this publishes after that so we can put a link in bio below, but, uh, yeah, for sure. Oh, thank you. no. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Thanks for your time. <laughs>